And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John don't be flexing when there's nothing to flex. What the hell? I've told you how many times. If you're going to flex, there has to be muscle there. I could show you my, oh my boobies God. dancing, but but it's black shirt. It's a black shirt, and it doesn't show as much. My word. Yeah, but you got writing on it. Like, it's never mind. Never mind. Jeez. Even a dad bod like me. Dad bod. You got to know when you break 70, it's yeah. the grandpa's now. It's grandpa. Oh, it's you're, you're, you're in the grandpa stage, buddy. No more dad. Can't even talk about dad <laughs> no, stuff no. now. No, dad shit's gone. Oh, John, it that's is going to be a packed, busy week. Oh, oh it's going to be super packed, but that's good. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy what's going on right now. Super packed. All kinds of good <sighs> things. UFC's back. <laughs> Well, actually, it's a, you know it's a small card, but there's a lot of fun fights on that card. Yeah. It's a, actually going to be a good card, I think. To overall, Bellator's got a good card. They did lose. We're going to talk about yeah, Ryan Bader, Linton Vassell, Sayonara. Yeah. You are not fighting. <laughs> Which, if you're Ryan Bader, man, you got to be pissed. Yeah, gotta be. Pissed. There's so much I would like to say, but yeah, but there's so much that. But you I'm can't. not Ariel Hawani. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna keep my mouth shut and no it just you know like there's things that like we hear we talked about i talked to you about it out off air yeah we, <clears> we talked about it after air, and i was just like man i want to talk, talk about it on our last show but it was like hey things you've got to let the media you've got to let the promotion do their job and uh who knows maybe things will change you never know so yeah there was a good chance that that the fight was going to be lost but and did. did you see what Corey anderson yes Yes. I really loved what Corey put out. It's like, yeah. okay, there you smart go. Smart move by Corey. I mean, it's not Hell yes. it's not going to happen, but smart move by Corey. No, but but you know what? If you're Corey, that's the right <laughs> move. And that's, the, that's the way to do it. You know, because if Corey doesn't I have to cut weight. loved it all. He can fight, he oh, fight, yeah. some, he can fight someone he's already beaten. Then what's the, like, why not? Yeah. You know, um, but look, I look at it though. It's a, I look at the fight card. It just, for me, I felt like, look, five, four title fights in one night it could potentially be a long night it could be a fast night you know you never know um no, no. but it's it's uh we've we've seen too many times that when you put three title fights yes. on the same card things yeah, history has shown that it has i mean there's <laughs> there's been history. one time i think the ufc had one time where like all three title fights were pretty good one was like a little bit longer the other two i think were yeah were decent were good fights but they were one finishes or they went the distance and were good i can't remember the cards but i remember they had three title fights one time and that card, after the historic shit show that they had the first two times they did it, it was horrible. Well, USC 33. Yes, it was. The very, the very first show oh, in Vegas, nah. in Nevada, uh, they had the three title fights, and all three title fights went the distance. All three title fights basically sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like. Just. And they, they actually, they went over, because at the time, they didn't understand the pay-per-view window the same yeah. you know the, the people concom who is their their production team they knew but dana didn't understand it at the time and he was like oh no it's gonna be fine and <laughs> my wife was the one she was talking to him saying dana you're gonna go over there the, it's gonna cut off and it did yeah <laughs> and they lost money and it was like oh yeah that never happened again dana took over from that point yeah i mean like you've got to do something because the fights can drag out if, and when we talk about like when you're saying 
there, there's a catch to both sides, John. You know the one side because we work in the TV industry right now, and it goes, yeah. if you go too long, it sucks. Like, you, you get penalized. If you go too short, then the fans just get bored and they turn you off because yeah, all you're doing is yeah. feeling. You're, you're just feeling in. You're like, it's us you're talking. Yeah. If you hear us talking more, it means that there's something going on. Fights are ending too soon. Or because if you don't hear us talking, it means that the fights are going too long. Like you want to yeah, have a it's called being heavy yep. or light. Yeah. And when man, when, when, when you're light, it's not good. And when you're heavy, it's not good. I mean, for, for us, right. When we're light, it's like, cool. We get to talk more. But in the reality, yeah. we know that like, we may have to stretch this thing and talk about the same stuff. Oh yeah. And bring up the same. It's like, you're coming up with new ideas on the fly to fill on TV, yeah. which everyone, they, they only have, they only have so many scripted yes. tapes. Of, of the fighters yeah. and things. it's like what are you gonna do i mean there's been times where like especially early when uh we when i first started working for bellator they were coker was still trying to build up the young stars you know i mean you're still trying to build up like mvp you know six years ago when i started working for the guy for everyone it, when i started aj mckee, AJ McKee and those guys so those guys they were fighting guys that were tough like guys like brian moore and other guys but they were tough but not quite at the level of like AJ McKee to match his athleticism and stuff. But there was fights that sometimes you didn't know if they went long, but AJ would finish quickly. And you're like, okay, crap. Now we got to feel because we didn't know how, how we didn't know we knew AJ was good, but we didn't know how good he was. And then we started seeing, wow, he's really good. Wait, he's getting a lot better. And, you know, and um, you could, you see what he did with Patricio the first fight. No one expected that. Nobody. And then you see the second nope. fight and you're like, all right, we didn't expect that either. We didn't. We were expecting a lot different. So you just don't know with fights. As much as we want to sit here and predict what we think is going to happen, you just never know. So, but uh, speaking of fights, man, we got a lot of top level fights coming up this weekend, though, for Bellator this weekend, and UFC's got a couple barn burners as well. You know, yep. I'm a big Bobby Green fan, as most people know. I fought him. Um, I've never, I didn't have a chance to train with him, but there was chances of us training together at one point, and I got squashed. I could tell you guys the backstory on that. But um, but yeah, it was uh, there's there's a lot going on. Bobby Green's fighting Dawson, and Dawson's out of the American Top Team, I believe, and trains with Johnny. No, Evelyn. no, no, no. Is he out? I of, think out he of is because Johnny Evelyn put out a is big he? thing going, "Hey, let's go, Grant Dawson." So I would imagine he's out of American Top Team. He, he's been he's been on fire. Yeah. in his last couple of fights. Yeah, he's really made some big strides and improvements in in what he's doing. He's Let's do Bellator first, though, since we've got three big title fights. Yeah. There goes Dave, pushing Jeez, us in one direction bully, again. Man. What do you think you are, the producer? Bully. Come on, man. <laughs> this guy always trying to tell us what to do. I can't, I half the time, I can't understand what he says, so we just do what we want anyways. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Dave. All good. You're, you, Dave, you're doing your job. Good job, Dave. Dave is on this thing right now. He's sending me clips from Instagram of these Scottish people trying to speak english but no idea what the hell they're saying i fuck it i can't even though i can't understand them i can't stop laughing at them it's so good it is so good oh man if you guys get a chance Scottish twitter is the best place but remember you and you and a buddy that i met you guys used to do this thing called scottish words with friends or some shit right what was it called yeah scottish words with american friends yeah and so like they would it was go ahead give give me a couple of examples of that real quick there dave yeah so so we uh so we'd We'd set up like a camera and like mainly it was a lot of times in San Francisco. We'd set up a camera. <laughs> we'd set up a camera and like somewhere in San Francisco where there's a lot of traffic coming through. And then we'd stop people in the street and we'd ask them to guess what a Scottish slang word meant. 
and so we give them the word and then they'd have to they'd have to guess what the word meant or like what they would think it would like okay. kind of sounds like it might mean so, get, so john for, give me give me an example so, so john so john yeah. if you were here the word tadger what would you think a tadger is what i think a tadger is a tadger is a guy that paints shit on the side he's a tagger <laughs> that actually wears a tiger outfit while he does it that's a tadger wow, that's, that was pretty good josh what about you very creative uh someone who takes it in the bum <laughs> damn i'm just hold it, hold giving it. him the tag you, hold it. Tadger. i went from i went from painting a building to take it in the ass <laughs> hey buddy wow i bet you i'm closer than you are <laughs> Uh, Tadger is a dick, basically. Yeah, as I said, someone who yeah, takes him the right, yeah, Someone who takes him the bomb with the, you know, <laughs> with the dick. <laughs> Tadger, never heard. Uh, of that. I've so, never heard so of that's it. That's what we do. We we put it together, a compilation, and then uh, we put it on, and it got pretty popular for for a bit, and then uh, you know, just sometimes friendships don't work oh, out. Oh <laughs> no! Oh no! Uh -oh. Someone oh, got geez. hurt feelings. Feelers got in the way. Um, but I, I thought it was a pretty cool little concept you guys were doing for a bit. And it was, uh, it was fun. I mean, like it just sounded, it sounds better. Like when you, when those guys that have the strong Scottish accents, like when I was watching that guy on the roof and I didn't understand anything except for a fuck and, and bastard or whatever he said. But then you said, yeah, he said, put my foot here. And he said, fet means foot. I'm like, well, no, it doesn't. I don't know what fet means, but it sure the hell doesn't mean foot. But uh, yeah, anyways, but good stuff, man. Good stuff. It was hilarious. All right, like we're going to jump right into um, Bellator 300. Coming to San Diego this weekend, you got Usman Nurmagomedov versus Brent Primus. But before we get started on that, hit the subscribe button, guys. Subscribe to us. It means a lot to us. You guys hit that subscribe button. Hit the little bell. Get our notifications. And uh, we want to thank you for always continuing to support us. John and I, we do appreciate it. Uh, I know I talk fast and I rumble through this as fast as I can so we can get to the fights because I'm a nerd when it comes to fight talk. But I think it comes down to I have to slow it down a little bit and say, as a listener, as, as someone that does the podcast and all of our listeners, we do appreciate you. We do support. We do, uh, love that you support us. And, uh, we were very thankful. And, uh, I've noticed that a lot of people have been buying some of our merch. So go to wayneandmerch.com. And, uh, I've seen some people posting or sending me pictures also through my Instagram, my Facebook. And uh, I want to thank you guys for continuing to support us in that area as well. Thank you guys so much. It means a lot to us. And, uh, John, let's go ahead and jump right into this Bellator 300 landmark. It's a landmark for Bellator. Bellator 300 in San Diego. 300, man. We passed that. The Weighing In podcast passed 300 100 <laughs> shows ago. Yeah. We're so far oh, ahead of them. Geez. Nah, but look, this is this is a, a hell of an event in San Diego. You got to look at it. I love the fact when they put this fight, the Usman Nurmagomedov versus Brent Primus as the main event they had the heavyweight championship now that that got lost and everything but this was the right one because it's part of the lightweight tournament it is for the lightweight championship and man i'll tell you what this is uh was i hearing something did you hear something no no i heard no. something okay so this is the fight that you look at what it should hell? be the main event i don't know all of a sudden i had like a uh like like i was getting a phone call in my head that's pretty fucking weird <laughs> that's the marbles ringing around in there buddy like there's only like three or oh, four you Man, probably turned your head left to right a little they, too fast, and that shit just started they, clinging they, together. Those three or four hit each other the right way, man. It's making music. You know when you get those two balls in your hands and you circle them around, they make that noise. Those little metal balls. That's probably what just that. happened right there. I hate that. 
So anyways, this is uh, a great fight. It's a great matchup. You're talking a striker versus a grappler, but Usman is much more than just a striker. He's got fantastic wrestling. Primus has been the champion. He's a guy that's got fantastic submissions. Uh, if there's one weakness, if you were going to look at Usman and say, where would you say he would be the weakest? Would, I, in my opinion, it would be in the submission game. His wrestling is damn good. His striking is freaking top-notch. He is so good in the striking, and I think that's going to be one of the things I believe Brent Primus is going to look at it and say, I can strike with him until he does. Yeah. And I think that's going to be him looking for that takedown, and it's not going to come easy against Usman. Yeah, Usman, look, he's he's really good on the ground. But if there was one area where I said, look, if Brent Primus has the advantage, it would be in the grappling department. But yeah, in the, in the submission game, game, not in the wrestling department. Um, yes. Usman, even though he was not known for his wrestling when he first came to AKA, and he, don't get me wrong, him and his brother Umar have always had good wrestling. They just chose to keep the distance with their long, their long style of stand up, the Taekwondo style, side kicks, long jab, long jab, right, left, straight lefts. The way that they fight, it keeps people at range. It's kind of like you said, those Taekwondo style kicks that are snappy that make you think, Oh, there's nothing on those. And all of a sudden you get hit by one, ask, yeah, ask Benson hurt. Henderson. And then next thing you know, you're on your butt going, shit, how did I end up here? And Usman's on your yep. back choking you out. There's those type of things can happen so fast when you're dealing with somebody who is as fast as Usman and training with him or being around him, watching him spar. The speed will be the biggest difference in this fight. It will be so. on the feet. It will be like target practice. And I don't have anything. I can't say anything bad about Brent Primus. Just he, a lot of people will tell you, and if you watch his fight, he is not the fastest fighter in the world. But when he lands, he does cause damage. He's got heavy hands. Okay. He's got heavy, heavy leg kicks. And Usman has more of that wider stance when he is kickboxing. So that's where I could see the kicks playing a factor. But Usman will switch left to right to minimize how much damage he takes on the leg. So John, on the feet, I'm definitely going with Usman. There's just no doubt about it. And in the wrestling department, I'm definitely going with Usman. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, the physical strength. Here's the I know, I know that Brent Premise is fat. I know he's strong, but I just yeah. look at the way he utilizes his strength versus how Usman utilizes his strength. The the leverage because of the height, as well as his strength, I think is gonna be the the thing that evens them out. Brent Primus is sh not short. He's definitely not short. But he's not as tall as Usman. On top of that, the leverage of the length and the limbs of Usman, I think it's going to give him a little bit more of a strength advantage over Brent Primus. And not many people would say that. Because if you see Brent Primus, he's built like a goddamn bodybuilder. He's fucking sculpted yeah, he's, and just shredded. and built like a brick. Yeah, he, it's, it's, I'm like, I, don't even, I have no idea. The first time I ever saw him, I was like, how in the hell do you make 155? There's just no way. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And this, I said the same thing with Usman because he's 6'1", you know, 6'1", 6'2". You know, I'm like, how in the hell do you make 155, you guys? Cut your limbs off. It's crazy. But um, the one weakness that I would say with Usman in, I have to give it, I wouldn't even say it's a weakness. I just give Brent Primus the advantage. But you know, as well as I know, what does what is Brent Primus's downfall when it comes to fighting guys on the ground? Go ahead, John. Say it. He goes after the same thing multiple times and doesn't switch it up. And that's where he could end up getting in a position where he just gets into that flow of he thinks he can get after. Once, you, once you've once you seen, it's like anything, when you roll, what, 
it's when someone catches you is when you, you don't know it's coming or you don't understand how they do it, how they apply it. Then all of a sudden they catch you and you go, how the fuck did you do that? And then it's a matter of, all right, oh, you may get me again with it. But then after you get me again, with it, you're not going to get me again. Yeah. Because I've now I know how you set it up. I know where you're going. That you're not that chess move ahead. And that's where Brett is so. He has so much confidence in his submission game that he thinks that I can just continue to go after it and do the same submission. No, once they've stopped it and once they've shown, okay, I see what you're doing. It's much harder to get, get that submission. He needs to switch it up. Especially as the fight goes on, you become sweatier as you get, as the sweat kind of starts building up and things get a little bit slippery. Like it just becomes harder and harder to get those type of submissions that he's trying to get to. He likes the Oma Plata, the Gogo Plata, he likes yep. to attack that high guard triangle, almost the Eddie Bravo style stuff, which is good when you're dry. And that first round, you know, maybe even early in the <clears throat> early in the second, but but it also tires your legs out, makes man. you exhausted. All of that man stuff that that is a tiring attack. You know, I, I love Eddie's stuff, and I'm, I'm not saying anything, but I can go through a hundred fight with guys that are tenth planet that you watch them. Mm-hmm. Going after people, they can't get the submission, and all of a sudden they're exhausted based upon yeah. how much effort goes into those things and the use of your legs. So, you know, it's it's a great system, but you've got to make you got to apply it and make it work, or you end up getting tired. Well, Brent Primus is going to have to understand that he can't afford to not just keep doing the same attacks and be on bottom. <clears throat> he's going to have to try to sweep or submit, and they're start, not just submit. He's going to have to try to sweep and get to the top position, either come underneath, or he's going to have to try to just get back to his feet. He can't afford to keep trying to chase those omoplatas, gogoplatas, the arm bars, and the triangles from his back, from inside the guard. Well, That's where I'm afraid and concerned he's going to have problems with because Usman has seen it all from that position. He has seen it all from that from that guard position. Anytime you're inside someone's full guard, literally, if you start putting your legs up and I put your back to the fence and your neck to the fence, and I put my head to the fence. I just got rid of the arm bars because you need to throw the leg over my head to get to the arm bar. I pretty much got rid of the triangle because I can use the fence with my forehead to keep my my head leveraged up so you can't pull me forward into it. So now I can use that to leverage myself back up. And if you try hitting the gogo plata, oma platas, I'm already kind of with my forehead against the fence. Now you're having to elevate you your hips too much. Right through I can just yeah. kind of stand up and push off the fence and yep. create my, my third leg almost. Now I'm using... The fence is almost as if I'm using it to scrape you off. Point. My, yeah, balance point. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's just so many things that go into it. And I wish he could see it because I've seen him lose two fights doing that. He chased after the submission, chased after the submission, and that's where he ended up coming up short. But I will give both guys this. Both are coming off probably the best performances of their career as far as the way they perform. Because Usman, was, it was Benson Henderson, and you look at, you know, as a young fighter going up against a veteran like that, a guy that's, you know, had these titles and has fought everyone, there is a, ooh, this this is a big fight for me. And, man, he just just went through him like it was nothing. And then premise against Barnaby, that was a fantastic, that was a fantastic performance by Brent Primus because they were back and forth. And he just never stopped. He got hurt in it, but kept going really showed a ton of heart, showed everything that made him the champion. 
but he's better now than he was back then. So Uzman is getting the best Brent premise I think that we've ever seen. I agree. I think with this much on the line, right? <clears throat> An opportunity at the title because Brent premise is the former title after beating Michael Chandler. <clears throat> so he's the former champion there at lightweight division, getting the chance and opportunity to win that title back. And then coming off yep. that, that great performance, that back and forth battle with Barno E and just digging deep, <clears throat> having to dig deep like that gives you that confidence going into your next fight. Like, there's nothing you can do in a five-round fight that I haven't just went through last fight. Yep. And so yep. the thing that scares me a little bit with Usman is that a lot of the times he's made it look easy because he's that damn good. You know, and so when you end up having to you end up having to bite down on the mouthpiece and have to grit through it, I know he can. I'm not even worried about that. I know he can. But it <laughs> it's just different when you're under the bright lights. I want you to think about this. Think about this statement. Okay. Because you you know Javier Mendez very yes, well. he's like a father I've to known me. Known Javier forever. He's a he's a fucking phenomenal guy. Javier Mendez has been the coach for a lot of great mixed martial artists. And if I if I start going down yeah, the list, it's crazy, it's incredible. He said that Usman Nurmagomedov is the most talented fighter he's ever worked. <clears throat> That's a hell of a compliment. Yeah, when I would say, I would say probably. Especially when he's still got Islam there too. Yeah, but when I look at athleticism, I look at Usman and Umar's, those two guys, their athletic ability, yeah. their ability to, um, their, their ability to, to think on the fly, to make adjustments, all of those things. Now, he's, I don't think he's ever going to find someone more mentally strong than Habib. That's the one thing. Oh, with I'm him. not saying yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah. athletic, athletically and gifted, I know that even after, like we were talking, Islam was more athletically gifted and all around better fighter than Habib. But Habib was just mentally. But it couldn't be. Just mentally, just it didn't matter. Like not a lot of guys in the gym were able to give Habib a hard time, even guys in the upper weight classes. <clears throat> but you look at these two guys, athleticism mixed with that mental strength and also understanding that their cousin's already done it. And their best, their their brother, brother Islam, and all the you know, and everyone else in their camp, they're consistently doing it. And the two of them have each other to bounce things off of Umar and Usman, and just continue to get better. These guys are babies. They're 20, 23 and twenty, or twenty three, twenty four, and like twenty six, I think. Twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven now. Little 27, Umar. Twenty seven. I want to say Usman is twenty four. Yeah, yeah. Super they're so, they're so young, and both of them will have achieved, tried to have achieved their goal. I think probably by the time they get to you know being thirty years old, they're probably getting close to want to retire. Sorry, that's my that's my dog. <laughs> uh, that's my dog. That's my dog. So dog. So um, no, but the the two of them they can they understand when you've got somebody that is coming after something's coming after you, that the two of them have someone to build off of each other. Yeah. So great fight, good though. fight. Another next championship fight, you have Chris Cyborg taking on Kat Zingano. This has kind of been a fight that's been thrown around since Kat came to Bellator and uh, just never ended up coming to fruition until now. Kat lives down in San Diego. She accepted this title fight against uh, Chris Justino. And there's... I'm not going to say that there's bad blood, but there's been a lot of nastiness oh, yeah. and harsh words going both ways in this, where the Cyborg's been there, done it in every promotion she's been with. Cat has come that close, but has never touched that pinnacle 
This is her chance. This is her last chance, I would say, honestly. So does she get it done? Look, I look back at when Cat fought Ronda Rousey. <clears throat> just didn't fight a smart fight. It just came out. Just Well, it was only 14 I know, that's seconds. what I'm saying. So but here's the thing. If you're fighting someone like her, what is your strength? Your strength is wrestling. Try to keep the yeah. distance. I know you weren't great on stand-up, but Ronda Rousey was no, as we found out, she was no diamond beater either. Not yeah, she wasn't great on the feet, no matter what everyone said that she could beat Floyd Mayweather. It was ridiculous. Anyways, it just came down to the fact that, like, it just came down to the fact that... The best part is there was people who believed that. There's just <laughs> no way. There's just no way. Oh, my God. Um, But no, look... Maybe, yeah, anyways. Um, but Rhonda, but uh -huh, anyways, if that's what you were good at, she just, whoever like at that moment was coaching her and working with her, I didn't understand the thought process was to sprawl and brawl. They didn't have that. Let's run across the cage, jump and do something and make a mistake and then get submitted. It just was not, well, I, don't, I didn't understand that. But now in this fight, will she fight smart? Where is to, where, if everyone, where, should, where is Cyborg's one weakness? It is in her wrestling department. It wrestling. is her on her back. Her weakest. Exactly. Her off of her back. We haven't ever really seen it because people don't really try to take her down. Or they, the people that she had to fight, not all of them are grapplers. You know, they couldn't. Yeah, they just they they weren't they weren't they didn't have the wrestling pedigree of someone like uh, Kat Zingano. Cat, if she gets after the wrestling, just grinds on her, make Kat, her. Cat's a good. She's wrestler. a good wrestler. If she is able to threaten um, the wrestling, make cyborg work in the wrestling department so focused about getting taken down that she's a little bit more timid on letting the hands go maybe a big shot on the feet can land and then they get the takedown or maybe a big shot on the feet lands and you drop her and you can finish her but that is kind of your your avenue or your your path to victory with cyborg it's the same thing every single time sprawl brawl make you pay well i look i look at it this way there's no doubt in my mind cat Zagano can win this fight but Kat's got to win a majority of this fight to come away with the win. Where Cyborg only needs to win a small section of it to get the win. She's got the power in her hand. She's got the ability to hurt other women in the stand-up. She's done it too many times. And so for Kat, Kat's got to be that, that wrestler that's going to get on top and grind her and make her work and make her have to carry her weight and just do small damage that starts to lead up to her slowing down and do, do that round after round, she could get the win. This is where I look and say, Cyborg, Cyborg could come out, and if someone's going to get the big knockout, I believe it's going to be Cyborg. It's going to be the fast knockout. And she could, you know, she could end up losing four rounds and come out in the fifth round and just land that one shot that, puts the fight, you know, in her corner. So I think Kat's going to have to just look at it as like, it's going to take me a long time, but I'm just going to slowly and methodically just start to pick her apart, take her down and slow her down. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, the next fight, Liz Carmouche versus Alima Lay McFarlane. These two used to train together. They've been friends for a long time. They, they actually care for each other. I'm interested yep. to see because... <clears throat> When I look back at the guys that I've trained with, and mainly just being Gilbert Melendez, the guys that I've trained with and guys that I've fought, which was Gil, and there was other guys that I trained with and eventually fought, but like in small, small circuits before I even got to the UFC, <clears throat> it seemed like almost like the filling out process was gone. 
And so we end up it having a way better fight. Yep. I mean, it was more painful for me and for him <laughs> because we already understood <laughs> what each other could do. You know, you you know what he's yeah. good at. You know what you know what he's gonna do. You know how he does it. You know his, you know the the steps that he takes in the stand up to try to throw something. You see it because you've been in there, in the workout room with him and done it for hours. Yeah. You know, it's not like a 15-minute fight. It's been hours that you spent doing things with them. And you get that feel for them. But, and it can definitely open up the fight. Here's my one question is, like, Liz, Liz Carmouche can be a killer. She's physically gifted as far as her strength. She's super strong, everything. Alima Lay's got that. <clears throat> she's, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. I don't know if she can actually go after her friend. I can see Liz going after Alimale. Hmm. I really could. And I'm not saying Alimale, you know, she's going to give it everything she has. But she's such a nice person. You know, she cares about people so much. And, you know, she's always thinking about, you know, what's... I'm just... I want to see Alimale go after Liz. If she, when she does, I'm going to say, okay, she's there. This is where I think I would normally agree with you. But in the fact that they've trained together so much, they know each other so well... I think it would. But it's been a while since they. That's trained. true, but I think that it would. I think that these two have probably had a conversation that if you don't give me your all, I'll be more upset at you. Like I want the best okay. out of you, because yeah. I think Liz is like, look, I want to know that I beat the new version of you, not the one that I used to train with, you know, and <clears throat> the one that I, not I, the one that I was used, the to. one I was used to. I want to know that I got the best. I got the best one that came that night, not the one that was just that I that maybe I used to be in the gym or before I want the new one. I want the best one I can get my hands on and bring it to me and show me show like, I'll know. And that's the thing. That's friends will know. Oh yeah. You, you'll know. You'll know. Yeah. <clears throat> and so absolutely. There's not a doubt about it. Yeah. And this, you know, all three fights are uh, five rounds. So look, I'm not going to get into too much of the prelims, but there are a couple that I want to mention down here. Let me throw these, uh, which let one, me, which let me one, throw these glasses. Stop right no, there. You know, don't, you move know, it, which Dave. one, don't move. Well, there, I, there's one that you're not going to talk about that I have. Well, I'm going to talk about. Because because we watched him in Ireland have a fantastic fight. Dmitry Hrutsenko from the Ukraine, he is fun to watch on the feet. And he's going against Justin Montalvo. Justin Montalvo, had, we have seen yeah. him time and time again put on great fights. He got beat in his last fight against Archie Colgan. It's his first loss. But he went out there, and, man, he... He went out on his shield. He just he decided, well, either I'm going to knock you out or you're going to knock me out. That's what happened. But, man, the kid goes to the body well. Hrutsenko's going to be there for him to, you know, take those shots in the stand-up. Both of them have about the same grappling. I would say Dimitri might be a little bit better uh, as far as his takedowns and stuff. Justin may, might be a little bit better on the ground, but that's a great matchup fun yeah i would agree with you and, and no loss in losing to archie colgan who's a, just an absolute stud also stud. <clears throat> um bryce meredith uh runner up at uh, university of wyoming Un good wrestler alumni a wrestler, wrestler phenomenal wrestler trains out of the lab he's always good to keep watch on bobby Saronio the third really explosive good like taekwondo style kickboxing mixed in with a little bit yep. of grappling uh sarah mcmahon and liam mccourt there's a couple of fights on here. I'm wondering why they're down so far, but the only thing I can think of is that they may, they, they've kind of scheduled this to, if it does run over that you have a couple post limbs and towards yeah. the end. So those last fights, I think when you get to like Sarah McMahon and Liam McCorp, this is really to see who's going to fight next in line for the title of the winner of the uh, cyborg fight. And um, 
and Kat Zingano. The Kai Kamaka and Henry Corrales fight should be a stand-up stand battle. Huge stand-up battle. Great fight. <clears throat> but for me, the best for me, the best fight on, on the card that's on this undercard here, I mean, for me, is the Romero Cotton versus Grant Neal. I can't wait to see that fight. The two of them should be able to get after it. Like I know there's a lot of bias there, but I like I yes, like both is. of them though. You go ahead, you go ahead and tell I them. like both of them. I used to train with Morero. I used to work with him on the pads. I've, I've trained with him at AKA for a long, long time. Uh, great guy, Grant Neal. I got a lot of love for that guy. He's always the nicest guy. He's awesome. Super nice He's guy. Awesome. Every time, no matter where you go, he'll yell at you from across the casino to get your attention, to say what's up and say hi. I love to be around people who don't have the ego and have just that personality of, hey, man, looking forward to, you know, talking with you, chatting with you, whatever it is. He is he's definitely one of those guys. So who do you want to give some love to? I I was going to say Romero Cotton and Grant Neal is a great fight, but I also, I, I don't know if it's going to be happening. You got Davion Franklin, who's a monster from Jackson Winkle, uh, Winkle John in New Mexico. He's fighting a guy named Slim Trebelsi. Slim is a dynamite wrestler. Now, Davion comes from a wrestling background. Davian's got the more power in the hands. Slim is super controlling on the ground, so it's going to be an interesting thing because we have seen Davion get tired. Can Slim get past the power and wear him out on the ground? I don't know if he can keep yeah. him there. Josh Hokick is uh, a heavyweight. He's got a brother. Um, I know. A bad yeah, boy. But they're just, they couldn't be more opposite in terms of size. No. Oh, my God. And so oh. it's just funny, but uh, he's yeah. making his debut. I, Good wrestler. Isaac, Isaac is a... Yeah is a quick bantamweight and then there's josh yep, the, heavyweight. the heavyweight so keep an eye on him he's the very first prelim of the night should be available on youtube i know Burkhamoff is really good he's good you know good fighter all the way around he's coming off that one loss to lorez yeah. larkin nasty ass elbow but man i mean he is fun to watch he's a good he's a great fighter uh, but keep an eye on him as well so that's gonna wrap up our bellator yep. 300 talk uh, we didn't want to drag it out too much because you know everyone likes to get in the comments and say we're, we're a little biased we just talked about it too much but look, this is a this is a big milestone for Bellator. Uh, make sure you guys tune in this uh, Saturday on Showtime, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Also, join us over at OnlyFans.com/WayneIn. OnlyFans.com/WayneIn. We're trying to bring more athletes onto this platform. Doesn't matter if you're an athlete. Hit me up in my DMs. I'll try to get you connected with people on OnlyFans. If you guys are interested in starting your own page, any type of an athlete, give me get, hit me up in my DMs. I'll try to get you guys all connected with the OnlyFans platforms. So you guys can start making some extra money. If you have some content you want to sell uh, um, and you think people will pay for it on the OnlyFans, I want you guys to remember this. There's only one other company in the whole world that does more credit card transactions than OnlyFans. That's called Amazon. And you know how damn big they are. And so I'm letting you guys know just because you, everyone has, it has a stigma about being, you know, schmutt. And all this other stuff, but guess what? People are on there spending money buying your guys' product. Whatever that product is, it could be techniques in boxing, it could be techniques in jiu-jitsu, it could be techniques in wrestling. Put yourself on a platform where you can make some money. And why not do it on OnlyFans where you know there's already a ton of males on there that you could sell your product to. So go ahead and hit me up. Go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. I'll try to get you guys connected so you guys can start making some money. Ooh, that was good. That was a good little read by Josh Thompson. Good. This is pretty smooth. Boom. It's not bad. It's because you didn't read. That's right. Because I don't. Have, if I have to read it, it's like it's I sound like, right like Stuttering Stanley. Stuttering Stanley. Stuttering Stanley. That's from a movie. All right, we have the UFC Fight Night from the Apex in Las Vegas with the main event being guys that we were talking about earlier. Grant Dawson taking on Bobby Green. Bobby Green seems to be on that roll again. Almost like remember when it was um, 
the whole COVID time. Uh, he fought, yeah, COVID he fought time. like six times Pandemic in like stuff. a year. Dude, he fought at least five yeah. or so, man. And he, and he was on a roll. Well, back on that roll now. And you know, hey, give me that money. You know, he's, he's John, you know what surprised now? me is how many fighters were afraid to fight during COVID. I've talked to people yeah. at the UFC. They're like, no, fighters are turning down fights. Like, no, I don't want to fight. It's COVID. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they not? were having fights every fucking week. Like, they're like, oh, I don't want to fight. I'm like, sign this motherfucker up. I was coming out of retirement for that shit. Come on. It's <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> pay me, pay me. Shit. Yeah. But this should be a really good fight, man. 21 and 1. 20 and 1 and 21 1. 21 and yes. 1. That's a pretty damn good record. And you got Bobby Green, though, with a lot of losses, but he's got 30-14-1. Bobby Green's losses, though, have been against who? Some of the best guys yeah. in the business. And it's also, you know, okay, I, one of his most recent losses was against the champ yeah. in Makachev. He took that thing I think ten, on a week's yeah, notice. Days notice. Six days notice. You know, it's like, like what, what do you expect? I mean, it's like, it's... He's willing to fight anybody, anywhere, at any time. And that's what you like. Got to love about Bobby Green. But Grant Dawson, and I, and I really believe this. You can go into his last three fights. Man, you have seen some improvement. And look, he's like, like you said, he's got a great record. But his last three fights have shown a just a maturity up, in what he's doing. Let me see. His fight IQ has gotten way better. He's being a lot smarter. No, you know, that's Bobby Green's dude. Trying to try to listen to the conversation at least, Dave. <laughs> yeah, man, I love him. I love him. If you if you guys are listening to this, make sure you guys hit in the comments. I want you guys all to blow up podcast Dave in the comments, so I can just take clips of it and I make a reel on it. Okay, on my uh, on my Instagram, you guys can follow us over there. I can't wait to. So keep it right, keep it right there, Dave. But if you take a look, he had the fight with Ricky Glenn, mm -hmm. and that was one that he won the first two rounds. And he almost got finished in that third round. He lost it 10-8 on uh, two cards, and that's why it was a majority draw. One of the judges gave it a 10-9, which it wasn't even freaking close. Mm. But Ricky Glenn was able to get it back, and that was the draw. So then he came out, he fights Jared Gordon, and he puts it on Jared Gordon in that fight, gets the submission win uh, right near the end of the fight. But just a beautiful performance overall. Because Jared's one of those just guys that just tough, yep. hangs in there, makes it difficult for you. He beats the undefeated Marco Madsen with a submission, the rear naked choke, and you go, man, it's really looking good. Well, then his, his last fight against Ismagulov, and you know, Demir's good in the stand-up, and he's talented, and he just dominated yeah. the fight as far as all the engagements. He didn't get rid of him, but, I mean, it wasn't close. And it was just a fantastic performance. And it showed how smart he can be in there. Difference being, I do believe Bobby Green has faced way better competition over, you know, the career. You know, obviously one's at about 35 fights, one's at about 22 fights. But Bobby Green has faced the who's who. Yeah, what you're going to find with Bobby Green, though, is the speed's going to be the factor and the style of which he fights. It gives style. people problems, you know, and like yeah. everyone just thinks, oh, I'm just going to walk him down. He's not going to be able to hit me. And then he hits you and you're like, oh, wait, that punch. Where did that punch come from? It's just came right from his chin and down from his which, waist. Which, and which one? Are you yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so 
it's I think the referee just I hit look me. at I look at a little bit. I look at him almost like a little bit like a Sean Strickland. I don't want to put him quite into that category of a Steven Thompson or Machida because he doesn't have that style. But anytime no. you're dealing with somebody who has a style that you're just not used to, it, it poses no, a problem. I think you're absolutely right because Strickland kind of uses a little bit of a shoulder roll as his way, but he squares off. Bobby doesn't square off really. Bobby kind of he keeps himself bladed. But he's difficult to hit. Well, the reason why Bobby keeps still the reason why he keeps himself more bladed is because he knows that at that weight class there's a lot more wrestlers. If you snatch my single or you snatch on the single, I can start to give you the hip, try to give you the whizzer, and then start shoving your head down. In the 185 pound division, those guys can't wrestle, man. There's like one guy in the whole damn division, and we've talked about this. They can't wrestle, uh, and so it's like that's why that's why Strickland can just walk people down, be a little bit more square, and still kind of shoulder roll, do the. The Floyd Mayweather. Bobby's got to blade himself a little bit more and uh, and just worry about defending one leg versus two. And so he does a really damn good job of that. He's explosive. Um, he will attack from anywhere. What I like is that all he's got to do, I think, in this fight is really keep his back off the fence and don't let the size, I think, of Grant Dawson. Grant Dawson, to me, I think he's going to be a little bit bigger than Bobby Green. Bobby Green's not a huge 155-pounder. You know, and so Grant Dawson, I think, is the bigger fighter. And if he's able to kind of hang on Bobby, make Bobby work in areas, and maybe get to the top position, if he can get a takedown, use that size to get to the top. Because on top, Grant Dawson's got really good on top. He's got that good top pressure, good control, all of those things. And on the feet, I'm going to give the slickness to Bobby. Let's just be honest. Bobby is not a guy who's on his back very no. often. And he does, he's, he's, not a, he's not a threat from his back. The best thing he can do is get himself back up. Yeah. And many times he'll turn his back to get that. And sometimes it works for him. Sometimes it doesn't. But I just look at it. Speed, I think, is going to be a surprise in some ways for Grant. He's going to think that, you know, he'll be, you know, as fast, if not faster. Bobby is deceptively fast and very difficult to hit. And so it's going to be a matter of how smart is Grant Dawson in this fight. If he fights it smart, he's got a lot of advantages that he can use. But the wrestling, defensive wrestling, Bobby, that and that's the whole thing. Bobby will give you his left leg. Yeah. How you take Bobby down is to get to his right yeah. leg. Very true. That's how you get him down. So we'll see. We'll see what Grant Dawson does with it. Next fight. Joseph Pfeiffer against Abdul Razak Al Hassan. This is one of those ones, you know, Pfeiffer's the guy came off of the contender series. Uh Dana kind of took care of him, which was a nice thing to see. You know, helped him out of some uh, financial problems, got him a place to live, basically. And Pfeiffer has been proving that it was uh, money well spent because he's been fighting his ass off. But what was his last fight? I I, th- I believe it was his, a loss. Pull up Pfeiffer's last I'm fight wrong there. Wrong on this one. Pull up Pfeiffer real quick. I'm just gonna leave these bad boys. On. No, no. Okay, so it was first chart. Dustin Stolfels. Yeah. Oof. And, and and getting past Gerald Merchart as far as a you know, a veteran, a guy that's great on the ground, you know, nice job. But he did it in the first round on the feet. That's the way to do it if you're going against Mirchar. But I was wrong. He hasn't had that loss. We, we both know who Alan Almodovsky mm-hmm. is. Tough dude with heavy power, but that's what Pfeiffer brings. Pfeiffer's got power. He's got heavy hands. And when you're looking at Al Hassan, he's got the same thing. Al Hassan had two fantastic fights against. Homasi, mm. where they both just basically said, okay, we're going to stand here and throw our hands 
That might be what we see in this. Yeah. Because Pfeiffer will stand there and throw his hands, and so will Al Hassan. Well, Pfeiffer's a ginger man, so I got to always go with the ginger. <laughs> Gingers, man, just have that like that strength. The freak strength. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Well, there's the other words we use than freak strength, but yes, we yeah. do. We do. I was being yes, good. You were, you were for being once. very PC. Um, but yeah. So, but Pfeiffer, I, look, he will stand and bang. He will uh, mix it up. I think there will be a little bit more threats. So I think he will threaten some takedowns to slow down uh, Al Hassan. Like not not to just make him think about just I'm going to stand and bang with you. He's going to have to do that because I think the. The athleticism of Hassan is going to be a little bit too much for Pfeiffer. I think Pfeiffer's going to have to fight a smarter fight. But I, I could see Pfeiffer winning this fight. But to me, the the two the next two fights are probably the best two fights on the card. These next oh, two fights. Damn. We were just talking about one of them a little bit ago. Alex Morano against Joaquin Buckley. Look at you can say whatever you want about Alex Morano. The dude can fight. He doesn't look like he can fight. He doesn't look like anything, man. His ground game is outstanding, both in the top position and underneath. He's got a hell of a, a submission game. And, man, he can stand up and fight. He's got power in his hands. He takes a shot well, and he's going to have to against Buckley, who's got big power. He's got a lot of, you know, a lot of spinning attacks, a lot. He's had some great knockouts and stuff. We both loved Joaquin when he was in Bellator and, they got rid of him. I thought, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? But you know, look where he's gone and look what he's done. So thank you very much. Proved us right. He was that that much fun to watch. He just had problems with wrestlers. Big time wrestlers would take him down, hold him down. And he couldn't get himself away. Now he's gotten a little bit better with it, but he's not going to have to worry about that with Morano because Morano's going to be in his face, throwing shots the whole time. See, you said that. You said he's going to be in his face. Alex Morano will be in Buckley's face, in his face, throwing shots. And Joaquin Buckley has been known to kind of wilt a little bit under the pressure. And if he can't hit a clean shot on you in the second or half of the third round or second round, he starts to start to go backwards. He starts to slow down. He starts loading up on his shots and leaving himself open. I love watching him fight. I love all the crazy wild shit he does. The flying knees, the spinning head kicks, spinning back kicks, all those things. I love them all. And he's got big power in his hands when he pulls the trigger and he lets it all go, which he pulls the trigger quite a bit. But Alex Morano will he will make it look like he he's just making you miss slightly. He's never absorbing a full shot, and is he making you pay after that? He kind of fights you almost almost like a little bit how a Sean Strickland fights you. He just kind of slowly pressures you the whole time, and next thing you he's know, you're time. tired. You're you're like man, yeah, why is this guy still in my fucking face? I've hit him three or four times with big shots, and he hasn't taken a step backwards. And with Alex Morano, which is a little bit different than the Sean Strickland type analogy, is that Alex Morano is really good on the neck. You start shooting, you start, he can grapple. The guy's got good submission. Oh, his submission game is good. And so if Buckley starts to get tired, and just be careful for that guillotine, that arming guillotine to happen, because he'll try to attack that thing quick and uh, and try to get this fight out of there. So Buckley's got to be cautious and careful, careful on how much energy he exerts when he thinks he's got Morano hurt. That's one or two. When he's getting frustrated and tired that you keep pressuring me, I can't just start keep loading up and throwing. I've got to find other avenues to to make this a fight. Don't just bite down and start throwing more. That's going to make you even more tired. That we're gonna yep. this is going to be a fight that's going to test Joaquin Butley's um, fight IQ. It really is. Yeah, I agree. Next fight, Drew Dober against Ricky Glenn. We were just talking about Ricky Glenn, the fight that he had with Grant Dawson, and how he almost finished him in that fight in the third round. Got. The majority draw out of it, but Drew Dober, I mean, just a just a gamer. 
I love watching Drew Dober fight because he just, you know, he's had some big wins. Had it, you know, both of these guys have fought the guys that are in the main event because Drew Dober had the big win against Bobby Green when he was getting lit up. Smashed. Let's just be honest. He is getting touched yeah. and touched often by Bobby Green and finally just said, you know what? I can't be on the outside with this guy. I've got to get inside and, you know, bit down on the mouthpiece, did what he was supposed to do, got a knockout, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just looked fantastic doing it. And then, like I said, Ricky Glenn doing the same thing, going after, uh, you know, the man Dawson. This is an awesome, awesome matchup. Dober on the feet, I think, is better than Ricky Glenn. Glenn on the ground, I think, is better than Drew Dober. But does Ricky Glenn and have the wrestling to get Drew to Dober down? Especially be Drew Dober being know. that, like, this short. He's only, like, what, 5'3"? Yeah. <laughs> like, trying to shoot yeah. on those tree oh. trunk legs. 5'7". Yeah, maybe 5'7". I'll, I'll give you 5'6", buddy. Give you 5'6". Okay. But he's All got right. those tree trunk legs. It looks like he's just got a trunk oh, of his body. Like, he's just a trunk. Like, he goes chest, yeah. goes right to his hips, and then hips to just fucking massive legs. Huge legs. Yep. And he's got a big ass. He's got a big ass. So that's a little like a big hammer, right? Just easier to kind of whizzer and give you the hips and, you know, and kind of hammer you down. And so um, Ricky Lenz got his 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 uh, hands full with trying to get this fight to the ground. He does. He does. So, this is, but that's a that's a fun fight. Yeah, I agree. Next fight, Philippe Lenz going against Ian Kutalaba. Philippe Lenz has really come out on his own as the light heavyweight with the the UFC. He's had a, he had a couple tough fights, but he's had a couple of big wins. He's been utilizing his his range a lot better picking his spots instead of just throwing you know crazy windmill shots he's been very smart he's gotten some nice wins kutalaba we know he's going to come out and he's going to try to hunt you down grab a hold of you throw you on the ground and punch you into the canvas if he can do that against Linz, mm. he's going to get the win if he can't and it stays on the feet for a while Look for Philippe Lins to do uh, good work against Kutalaba because technically, as far as the technician, he's the better technician. Yeah, but I think with Kutalaba, he's going to be able to pressure him so much. going to take Lins out of that. being You being a technician, and he's going to end up having a yep. bite down on his mouthpiece and just exchange, and the two of them are going to end up exchanging the center of the cage until someone goes down. And if someone does start to go wobbled out, then look for Kutalaba maybe to take this fight to the ground, get to the top position, and dominate. Whereas Lins... Yeah, if he gets to the top position yeah. against him, look at Yeah. Next fight, though, to me, is a good fight. Yeah. Oh, that's a great fight. Alexander Hernandez against Bill Algio. Uh, Bill Algio is just a, a dog of a fighter. Hernandez has got everything. When you're looking at someone, you know, fast, athletic, strong. He's one of those guys that you look and go, how the hell do you beat that guy? And Algio's got to get into that. I just need to really start to frustrate him in this fight. Everything I do, make him think, damn, damn, damn. And you'll see Hernandez start to tail off with that. Mentally, I think he gets frustrated mm -hmm. when things aren't going his way with fights. Where Algio, we've seen, Algio is super mentally strong, tough, just keeps on grinding, knowing what he's got to do and how he's got to get there. So athleticism, it's on Hernandez's side. Fight IQ, I'm going Bill Algio. This is one way to look at it. What do coaches normally say about people that are young kids? I would rather have the the kid with the the hard the work ethic, kid with the work versus ethic the, the kid talent. with all the talent, 
Because those kids with all the talent have a tendency to do what I think what Al, what Hernandez does. Work hard. You know, I think he works hard. I think what it is though. Oh is, no, I'm not talking about Alex yeah. Hernandez. I'm saying the whole thing is kids with talent sometimes. Sometimes don't they hard. don't work hard, but also too when things don't go their way, they get frustrated at themselves, thinking that they're better than they are. But because they don't they don't work on what they're doing, they don't know how to handle those type of situations. They think their talent's going to get them through that. I've trained young kids yeah. jujitsu, wrestling, kickboxing, mainly in jujitsu where they have learned. They get frustrated. They think they can just jump past someone's guard. No, no. That's why you hold the gi and you walk around their guard and misdirect their legs one way. Like you've got to walk them step by step. With Alan, with Alex Hernandez, I think Algio, what he's got to do is just walk him down, make him feel uncomfortable. And anytime someone has made him feel uncomfortable, he starts to mentally fold. And it's not, I'm not trying to take a knock at him. I think he's a fantastic fighter. He's super athletic. He's got good power in his hands. Yeah. He can sprawl and brawl. He's got some good technique on the ground with the ground and pound. Like he's good. He's a very talented young man. But I feel like things maybe came a little easy for him when he first came in into beginning. the UFC in the beginning and he started biting off more than he can chew. And then, you know, guys like Cerrone put him in his place. And then you, you know, you started seeing like, oh, he just wasn't the same guy anymore. The confidence wasn't what it was. Confidence went away. Went away. That's right. Bill Algio, Algio has got to put him in, put his back to the fence, make him feel uncomfortable, put him on his back foot, make him fight, you know, having to cut angles, make him feel uncomfortable. And if he does that, you're going to see Hernandez start to kind of wilt a little bit under the pressure. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go away because he's still got the power in his hands, still all the athleticism. But I think that Algio, this is his fight to lose if he fights a smart fight. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, Joe, uh, John, is there anything else on here you want to talk about? Uh, there's a couple. You know, uh, let me just say that uh, Kanako Murata is taking on Vanessa Dumopoulos, mm -hmm. who is a fantastic grappler. Uh, she's fun to watch on the ground. She doesn't have the greatest record, you know, but she is a dynamite grappler. And when she gets the fight to the ground, she really moves well. And if she can do uh, that with Murata to get her to the ground, that should be a fun fight to watch. That's it. Boom, Keep done. an eye on the uh, Mendoka and the man, the Manus fight. Nate, the Manus fight, it should be a fun fight. I'm not saying that it's going to be a barn murder, but I'm saying it should be a fun fight for people to watch. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, um, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. And Dave's got a little bit of news for us, and we're going to let Dave go ahead and just chime in. Hopefully, he'll speak English this, uh, this time around. <laughs> uh, Darren Till and Mike Perry have been going at it, and uh, there's talk of a boxing match. What do you guys think about the potential of that? Shit, sign me the fuck up <laughs> i will i will pay i will pay for that i'll pay for that you want to make it a pay-per-view i'll pay for that fight i'll pay for it is it bare knuckle is I, it boxing or is it just bare knuckle no, no, it sounds like boxing. boxing i listened to this interview with the two of them on darren till was in the car mike perry was in studio this is great uh, i can't remember who the hell is it. and man they had me cracking up Darren Till was as honest as he could be throughout the interview saying, you know, hey, you know, I love I want to fight you. You know, and he goes, I think you're tailor made for bare knuckle boxing. We're not doing bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like smart move. And he's right. I think Mike Perry is he's that guy in bare knuckle that, man, he's going to be hard to get rid of if he if he doesn't do anything stupid on the outside. He's got the the grit the balls to to be a monster in that sport darren till you know is in that position he's been looking at boxing he loves the stand-up game you know he's been very good at it sometimes with you know with mike perry you just got to look and say yeah he can be beat boy it's gonna take a hell of an ass whooping to do it though you know <laughs> 
in MMA, I was like, okay, Mike Perry, I just didn't like all the antics that came along with it. Maybe it's because I come from the sport and I'm like, I came from the y- a little bit younger, uh, the older, not younger, y- older generation where it was like, we didn't have a lot of money coming in at the time and we just wanted to fucking fight to make some money. We didn't, we weren't talking about trying to do this and do that and not big we money. We wasn't big money, but, um, and it just seemed like it seemed like a little bit like a shtick that what he was doing. But then the reality set in. This is this is Mike Perry. Oh, and then yeah. I realized that. And I'm like, okay. And then when he left, I'm like, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him back in MMA. But then as I started thinking about it, this is perfect for him. Whether it's no. boxing and whether it's a uh, uh, bare knuckle, these are perfect for him. Because remember the Dorito chip shit, uh, that that yeah. that promotion that was around for a second. Sure. But he was perfect for that because it was it was boxing with MMA gloves. I thought it was amazing. You know, we had a couple guys um, that were on there. Um, Derek, Com- Derek, Derek Compos was, was fantastic that. in that, and then Gertz was in that too. I think like there was there was guys that I was like, man, you guys are more tailor made for this type of fighting. Your explosiveness, how fast you are with your hands. You guys throw everything with heat. You guys have got great cardio. You guys are perfect for this. Yeah. Mike Perry has made a thing with bare knuckle. I don't know if he should end up going to, uh, to this. Now I think if they did do this boxing match, I think you'd have to make some sort of stipulation. That'll be like with MMA gloves. It it would be, it'd be more beneficial for both guys. It'd be more entertaining for us as fans. No, It'd be, it may be more entertaining for us as fans, but it would not be more beneficial for both guys. Well, look, Darren Till's got a nice smile, so I, I get it. I understand. <laughs> Mike Perry don't give he don't give two shits about his smile. He don't give two shits about your smile. But have you not noticed? If I follow Mike Perry on social, have you not noticed that he's got a good energy about him right now? He's great. I think he's he was in a spot right when he left the UFC. It just wasn't the same, John. Oh no! Look, I did his first fight in the UFC, and you know, and so you know. You go in the back and, you know, you go in, into the locker room where he's at. Hey, you know, and I'll tell him, hey, man, how you doing? I'm John. I'm going to I'm going to be your referee. And he started exactly what you're saying. He starts talking. And the guy that he was going to fight was from South Korea. I had, I had refereed him multiple times. The dude was a monster at 170 as far as the size. He looked like a, a light heavyweight. And he was good. And Mike Perry was telling me, he says, man, he says, I'm telling you, I'm going to knock this motherfucker out. He just starts <laughs> in, right? I'm going, all right, that's all good stuff. Well, then, I as I walk out, I'm thinking, I'm not too sure about this dude. He doesn't seem like all the fucking, uh, all the fucking floors are opening up on this. The, the elevator's not reaching the top. <laughs> and then he went out and did exactly what he said. And I was like, well, he knows more than I do, man. And he was tough as hell. So, I mean, I do. I do think that, though, he is exactly where he belongs now. And he's not going to make the money in MMA that he's making right now in, in bare-knuckle boxing. Man, stick with that. Stick with it. It, it, is, it is made for you, and you are made for it. And, man, recognize that. You had a great time with the UFC. Sayonara. You know, that's uh, you're going to be an average fighter there. Yeah. Here, you're a star. Yeah, this is true. It's true. Look, look, let's do this. Um, go to the news, Dave, on our, on our, on our text thread. And there's a mm-hmm. Rodrigo. You actually sent it. It's the Rodrigo Fino Jimenez, um, picture. There's a female on there, I believe that mm-hmm. <laughs> done bare knuckle boxing. And you can see the difference. And I can see why Darren Till doesn't want to be a bare knuckle boxer. 
You want to pull that picture up? Can you pull that picture up, Dave? Yeah, it's loading right okay. now. Okay. Anyways, she, there's a they do a before and after of her. Like you can see, look at that. Oh yeah. Oh, the yeah. teeth are out. Like this is, this is insane. Like I think, I think the, all this runs me back to is it runs me back to Luke Rockhold. Oh, because yeah. Luke's got a, he's, he, you know, he's got a decent smile. He's, you know, obviously kind of a good-looking guy. But then after that, he had to have his teeth redone. I mean, look at this girl. Yeah. That's Britain. And you look at you look at people. Britain Hart. You look yeah. at people like um, Darren Till, and I, I can see there was a, a interview of Darren Till in the car the other day, and I saw, I saw clips of that. But that guy's got some pearly whites, man. He's got hey, he's got a beautiful look, smile. I have said it for you know the last 40 years of my life because my dad was very very big in saying hey don't play another man's game if he's coming at you you know with you know, I, I, I used to arm wrestle in competitions and i and back then they they only did one side yeah. it was right arm really didn't do left but you'd get the you know the odd guy that would come up and say i'll i'll, I'll challenge you left-handed so i win the tournament and this guy could I'll, I'll challenge you left-handed my dad i was like all right my dad looked at me and goes how fucking stupid are yeah. you? <laughs> like it's true. Oops, uh, made a mistake. Yeah. No, <laughs> and, you know, and that's what this is. Yeah, you've got to look and say, "Man, I know my lane." And bare knuckle, you know, Eddie Alvarez said it perfectly. You got to be a dog, man. You want to do bare knuckle? Yeah. You, you you may not be the greatest, you know, technical fighter in the world, but if you got the dog in you, you can do a lot in that sport. Mm -hmm. And Luke Rockhold, flat out, can fight. I'm not going to take anything away from Luke. Luke was a hell of an MMA fighter. His stand-up is, you know, fantastic, but his kicks were, you know, his question mark kick is one of the best there mm -hmm. is. His grappling game was fucking phenomenal. But when I heard that Luke, and we talked about yeah. it, when I heard Luke was going to fight Mike Paris, I said, that's not a good no. fight for him, dude. You know, he's not that style of fighter. He's a great fighter, but not bare-knuckle fighter. No, I agree with you. There's just a difference. No, I agree. Like, you know, and this goes for a lot of like Darren Till, but I would like, he doesn't want to fight bare knuckle. I would like to see them fight with MMA gloves. You know, maybe you get a little bit more poofier ones, whatever it is like they do with the Dorito chip thing. But I mean, yeah. I just, I don't, I have no interest in watching two MMA guys fight with boxing gloves on where there's, they can be so defensive and cover everything up. No, I want to see things come through. That's why what one FC is doing. We talked about this on the last show. Yeah, what one FC is doing with Muay Thai, with MMA gloves. They even had a boxing match on that last card where they had boxing match. They had a boxing match with MMA gloves. The shots land. There's more frequent shots that land. People get rocked more. It gets through the threads. It threads through between the guard. It comes around the guard. It just makes the fight a lot better of a fight for the viewers. Not for the yeah. fighters, but for the viewers. No. But these are two guys that understand what it's like to fight with MMA gloves on already. So why would I want to watch them fight with boxing gloves on? Let me see you guys do MMA, or let me see you guys box, but with MMA gloves. You guys want to get a little bit more of the poofier ones? You know, the, the six out. Remember the old combat sports ones they had with the big poofiness in the front? Let's yep. go ahead and do those. Something along those lines. But I think that's kind of the way to go when you're talking about these two guys. What else you got for us, Dave? All right. <clears throat> One guy who has a fight coming up, Dylan Dynas, recently posted a video training with uh, Alex Bahia. So I wanted to get your thoughts on on this change. Uh, well, this like addition, I guess, this value add to his camp. I mean, we're what a week, two weeks away. Well, <laughs> first off, you know, uh, let me just say this: I saw that and saw the whole thing of you know, you know, sparring, 
Dylan Dan is sparring against Alex. They weren't sparring. They were drilling. There's a big fucking difference. Okay? There's a huge difference yeah. between you sparring with somebody and you doing drills. That's all they were doing was drills. There was no sparring involved. So it's great that he's working with Alex. I'm not saying anything about it. You know, but this this is a matter of when you're looking at Dylan Dennis, you know, he's got this fight October 14th, supposedly against Logan Paul. If if he falls out, Mike Perry's the one that's gonna come in. But you know, he doesn't even have a trainer. Josh, how many fights did you have that you didn't have a trainer? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He has nobody in his corner. He hasn't picked anybody in his corner right now. What, what do you mean you haven't picked anybody in your corner? What, what What do you think this is? You know, yes, it's against a YouTuber in <laughs> Logan Paul. Logan Paul is going to try to take your fucking head off for all of the stuff about his fiance <laughs> and stuff. Come on. Now, I, I personally think that's all a good thing for Dylan. Hey, I want a guy that wants to take my head off. I want a guy that's going to be mad and angry because you don't fight well. He doesn't get any pay-per-view points, though. His dumbass negotiated a contract with no pay-per-view points. Dumb fuck. He's done all the promotion on this thing. I, exactly. He's done it all. That, I'm just wondering, like, you heard Logan come out. Not Logan, uh, uh, Jake. He's like, no, he doesn't get any pay-per-view points. He's getting a flat fee. Why? Well, Why would you ever, like, like especially the way you're, you agree especially the way you're active on social media. You're, he's like the the biggest heel on social media I think I've ever met. I mean, oh. I can't think of another one. I mean, outside of like Connor, who's after he got money, he just became the biggest heel. Like he just he had no problem telling everyone to piss off. Um, but Dylan, I, I, look from the beginning, we knew this was a money grab, and the fact that he that Jay or not Jake, but Logan put in this stipulation where if you pull out, you owe me a hundred grand. I can sue you for whatever the promotion. Well, he's already sued. What? Logan and his little fiance are already suing Dylan all over the place for so stupid putting putting stuff out. It. They say, "Come on, I mean, where is it that you have a fight?" That, I I say it all the time, Josh, and it's the truth. You know, the best part about fighting is Dylan Dennis can say whatever he mm -hmm. wants. He can go and do all this stuff at a certain date and time. I get to go in and punch him in the fucking mouth. And no one arrests me, and I get paid I for it. it. That's a great fucking thing. And it's like, you're going to bring lawyers into this? So thing? stupid. I, I don't understand the whole thing, but you know, I, I do hope, I hope Dylan shows up for it. I still don't think he's going to. You know, but I hope he shows up for it. But I, I am concerned that you know this whole thing of, oh, I'm traveling all around doing training in different places, and I don't have a trainer, and I don't have anybody that's in charge of my training. Come on. Yeah. You know, you know where that leads. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. It leads to failure. What else you got for us? Hey, hey, Dave, actually, the last thing that I sent you, actually, there was, there was a thing on the commission thing that we wanted to talk about, but there was something I want to talk about. The last thing I sent you with the Oscar De La Hoya. Cause we talked okay. a little bit about the Canelo fight. We pull that up. He, yep, Oscar De La Hoya is pleading with all the other promotions or promoters, promoters to, yeah. We have to put the best fights together. We have to do I this. Think he's right. No, he's he's, he's right. Absolutely right. This is the problem, John. Is that we have media who tends to say, "Hey, MMA, you have to do what boxing's doing and pay them more." But then look at what boxing is going through. Let, let's listen to this. I mean, he just showed up for a paycheck. Canelo 
obviously, like I said, on quicksand, throwing bombs. He won easy. But anyway, look, if we want boxing to survive, if we want boxing to thrive, we need super fights, like, all the time. Fighters must fight each other. We have to come together. Promoters, Eddie Hearn, Al Heyman, Bob Arum, whoever's out there, let's come together. I'm calling you out. Let's come together. Let's meet the power of the minds and come up with something because boxing can die. I'm calling you all out. Let's do this. And plus, don't miss Surdo Ramirez and Smith live on the zone. There he goes. Saturday. Now he's selling. <laughs> Look, that's a promoter's job. It's always to be selling. But that's it. Always be selling. The thing is, is that we 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 have to be very careful when I when I hear the media, the MMA media, talk about this is what we need. We they should be making what boxers are making. Well, boxing is in the situation they're in because that's what they make. So you've got to kind of split the difference on. Do you want to have you? Well, because if you looked at last week's card, right? The co-main and the fights before that, no one gave a shit about. And that goes for every boxing card. No one ever pays attention. You look in the arena, it's dead till the main event starts. When you go to a UFC event, or even like as of lately, you go to a Bellator event, they're fucking, the crowds are, the crowds packed by like second, third, fourth prelim. You know, for Bellator, like when we were just in Ireland. Yeah, you got to figure, say, okay, you had 21 fights. 21 fights. By fight two or three, it was fucking packed. It was packed. It was packed. You had, you know, you had eight thousand, nine thousand people in there. You can't say you have that at boxing matches. They they give zero fucks who's on the undercard. And until boxing starts spreading some of that money to the lower guys or figuring out how to make it a little bit more um, appealing to the the fans at home, it's gonna. I don't want to say it's gonna die, okay, but these fighters but are not. This. These these promoters are not joining together like he's pleading. But he was one of the but problems to begin it. with for a little bit. Absolutely. But think about this. You sit there and you say exactly what you're saying. And I agree with you. You're being honest. You go to a boxing event for the most part, usually around the co-main is when the crowd really starts yeah, to fill. This is true. But. Okay. So you're the promoter for that last event with Canelo against Charlo. And you had, uh, you know, Ramos, I think was fighting, uh, exactly that's my point john you just proved my point thank you no no you're right but but (laughs) it's a 20 million dollar gate yeah josh a no 20 million dollar gate do you know how much each one of those goddamn tickets are now a lot of it is being bought by corporations and things like that that are then handing them out (coughs) excuse me but 20 million dollars they don't give a shit what the undercard is yeah i get what you're saying i get what you're saying i mean the that that's a good that I get what you're saying, but like the fact that you don't you're not building young talent to come up, and now we're just we're basically just trying to advertise the fighters that have a zero next to their name, and only in the heavyweight division can you get rid of the zero and still have someone that's kind of marketable, you know? Um, and that's it, only because there's a lack of options. That's it. Yeah. But when you get down, it's at, also the way he looks. What's that? It's also the way he looks. Well, I mean, no, but it could be but Anthony Joshua. No, it could be anyone. Like, I mean, like uh, there's yeah. other fighters in the heavyweight division. You've got Ortiz, even though he like not a lot of people will come to watch, but he'll he's but he will fight. He's still around for a reason though, because yeah, they have a lack old. of options. He makes for a tough fight. His fight with Wilder put him back on the map because he was beating Wilder until oh, the last wow. punch in the last round. <laughs> that's why. But the the heavyweight division is going to be a, a division that's, that's right. always going to be that round. It's always going to be that way. 
But that's the heavyweight division. Yeah. But boxing, boxing needs to. They, he is Oscar De La Hoya. I never thought I'd say this. Oscar De La Hoya is right. They need to come together oh, yeah. and they need to have their fighters fight. But I also yeah. think that they can stop trying to just have their one fighter that they're putting all their time and effort into, and have a group of fighters, and stop caring so much whether they have. A one next to their name or an O next to their name. As soon as they get rid of the O, but people forget about that boxer and the promoters kind of forget about them also. And there's this long process to build them back up. No, let's see the, the, the second best guys fight each other. And then after that, let's see if that fighter now can go back up and fight for a title again. That is the problem with boxing is that when your number one guy leaves, when the number one guy loses, there's no one to take their place and it takes you guys forever to build that person back up of him fighting 10 to 15 more fights of no name people who I've never heard of. And then we just keep telling me that these guys are the best. This guy's the best. I would rather see the guy who has the one or the two next to his name. Like we get in MMA all the time that fucking ends up winning the title. I want to see that guy right. fight. I want to see that guy who stylistically is a horrible matchup for, for this person who's the champ who's undefeated. I want to see those fights. And until these guys can start doing that, I don't want to say boxing's going to die. But it, it's not going to beat MMA. It's right now. It's behind MMA right now. It's behind. Think about how many, how many MMA promotions there are that are significant, are doing decent, are doing well, right? UFC's doing the best, obviously, very profitable. The other promotions are the doing. They're doing. They're doing okay. Doing the best. Yes, doing the best. Yeah, doing the best. <laughs> doing the best out of boxing, also. I think. Oh, you know, so they're they're crushing it. I just think that he's onto something. But I just don't, I mean, he's going to have, they're going to have to start building up their younger talent and who gives a shit if they lost. But if they're, if they're a fan favorite or they're a crowd pleaser, you've got to start having them yeah. fight. Stop just caring about the O next to the name. That was my rant for the night, you guys. All right, guys. Nice rant. <laughs> well, hey, uh, go to WayneInMerch.com, pick some of our merch. It's available there. we got the old logo. we got some of the new logos up there. Uh, John's got the let's get it on sweater and the hoodies available. John always loves to wear hoodies during, uh, during the winter because he's in his, his little box there where he films. I'm hoping your new house has a studio. I do have a studio someday. I'll get it. Yeah. Hopefully it will be in the next six months. No, no, like it's been over a year. You know that, right? Thank you. I'm glad that you want to remind me of that. Yes. And you're saying not, not another six months. Close. I mean, the fin you, will you be in, though, in the next six months? And then just finishing touches, like, after that? Jeez, John. Yes, I Yo, should be. <laughs> the fact that you even had to count is ridiculous. Oh, dude. Uh, it's like, hey. Okay. Well, the, the whole thing is this. See, I brought someone in to do all the work, and then when you see that they're not able to accomplish things, now I'm doing damn. the work. And it's like, you know, it takes me a lot longer because, you know, I got other things I got to do and stuff. So I spend one day doing this and one day doing that. And it's just the way it is. So that sucks. Just time going by. Oh, that sucks. All righty. Well, hey, we're going to leave you guys with that. But John, go ahead and take us away, buddy. Hey, for everyone out there, I hope you uh, watch everything that's coming out. The UFC's got a fantastic, fun card. Not a lot of big names, but a fun fight card. Bellator's got an incredible fight card. For you so watch both of those coming up and we will see you don't miss bellator 300 don't be foolish